Hello? Check, 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 check. Can you hear me at all? Is anyone out there? We are here with Mr. Jordan XO, Jordan Atwater. Yes, 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 sir. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Thanks for coming on. Trekking through this Arctic tundra out there. Fucking making yeah, it quite happen. A, quite a little Midwest thing we got going on. Yeah, there. yeah, we should all be fucking used to it by now. <laughs> but Jordan is a musician. He's a hip-hop artist. You do a little bit of... You do a lot of shit, actually. You kind of... What all exactly do you do? Because you, you like engineer too and produce and everything, right? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that where I have the title, but then I don't like to really claim it, you know. So yeah. I, I engineer and I produce, but they were all just kind of things that when I was making music, I was always waiting on someone else to do it or it was always people trying to cheat you on money or never getting your tracks back to you. And eventually I just had to say, you know, if you want to get it done, you got to do it yourself. So yeah, I just kind of picked it all up myself. So I don't like to really classify myself as an engineer or producer because I know there's better out there. Sure. But I know how to do what I need to do to get it done because I just couldn't wait on anyone else. Yeah, it's super convenient, too, just being able to do it on your own time as well, just like if you're in the studio or whatever, yeah. doing like a million takes and shit. You don't got to yeah. worry about studio time or whatever. Exactly. But, and then, yeah, have your your hand a hold of your own shit so you can just fucking crank it out how you like. Yeah, and then but, eventually I just got to hold everyone else's. You know, they, they like the sound. I say, well, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I'm going to give you fair warning it's gonna come like this or that and you know they'd rather just pay that price than pay some outrageous ridiculous price or they've already been to a studio and they've had a bad experience or something like that right. so I'm pretty open to it they know what they're getting I don't charge too much so yeah. now are you affiliated with the uh east side sounds the new studio that i operate out of their studio there um so um taj and east side ave they're two brothers and then they got that building and they had this idea you know to do the studio and it was in the talks for a while and um they're pretty much also artists that i had helped them get their start as well well i'll say like their first tracks i actually recorded and so right away as soon as they knew they were going to open this studio they're like hey you did our first track we got to have you here and um so then that's pretty much what i did i just kind of signed on there as one of the engineers at Eastside sounds and um you know my, my affiliation it runs pretty strong there you know i, I help out with a couple mixes on their tapes here and there mm -hmm. um as well as operating and bringing through my clientele through the east side sound studio and um we we tend to do a lot of shows and things like that together so we see each other around and we're, we're all from the same city so it's all pretty tight-knit there anyway mm -hmm. now and yeah you're also a manager too kind of you manage some artists uh, yeah that's another thing that it's, it's a title that i don't <laughs> like to claim but i claim it it's very it weird. is what it is. Yeah, it's a very weird thing here. So it's basically like I kind of have my own label or my own team of artists. Um, there is so many different teams and labels and stuff like that out here. And 
you know, I kind of watch, peep out the scene, see how everyone does their thing. And I just always have done so much better on my own. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of staying in my own lane, in my own way. If I never really liked the idea of having someone having control over my music, my moves, what I do. Um, So I just always stay solo. I actually started out in a group. And that's kind of how it all went yeah. down. Yeah, what was, was the in, group? It was called BXS back in the day, like when we first started. That's what got me rapping. And so it was basically like a three-man group. I mean, it kept growing and decreasing. I mean, we were like 3-6 Mafia. At one point, there was three. And then one point, there was six of us. At one point, there was like 11 of us. <laughs> and so that's kind of where i got my first start and i guess you could say managing and helping out artists because like i said we were waiting on studios and beats and no one could ever seem to get us in or do it right so i took it on in the group and so i was doing like all the mixes and the masters and getting us shows like that for the group then eventually when the group kind of kind of separated and everyone just kind of it wasn't even a bad thing that happened. It was just everyone had life. Everyone just kind of went their own ways, right. and then I just kind of stuck to this way. So from there, I, I met a few artists, and one of the last ones in the group said, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I see where this is going, so I'm going to stick with you. He brought me one other guy, and um, those were like the first two artists I really ran with, and that was Leo and Keontae Watson. Mm-hmm. And so Keontae was... Leo was actually in the group. Keontae Watson was my first actual official artist. And so just working with him and then it was basically I just got to show them everywhere that I went wrong. So any shows that I may have got scammed or I paid to play, mm-hmm. I was like, we're not going to do that. Any any way that I feel like I prematurely released music, you know, I just kind of helped with that or just had that guidance to be like, this isn't the track bro like somebody (laughs) has to tell you otherwise you're just gonna put out material and it's not always gonna be good Mm -hmm. and it's a very opinionated based thing so that's what i do i just like okay based off my opinion from my experience this is why this isn't gonna be good and that's kind of how i run my team of artists and since him i've had plenty other ones um JD, I had Pootyville at a time. He went by Black Keith at the time. Um, let's see, Micah Santamore, and he's currently still under the roster. Um, Lauren Michelle, uh, she, we we did a lot of good things with her, and now she's actually um, in basics right now. Mm-hmm. So she's going to the reserves, and she's going to be a field medic. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Uh, We've we've pretty, had a pretty good run with the whole team thing, and teams kind of still dwindling off. You know, artists they come and go, kind of get into it, and they either go their own way or they see as something that you don't really want to do. There's a lot more sure. work into it than most people see from the outside, mm-hmm. and when they see it, and when they see somebody like me helping them, instantly first thing put me on, help me do this, help me do that. And I try, I try to, you you can't help everybody, but the select ones that I really see that potential and see something in them, like, okay, if you really wanted to do this, you could do something with it. Mm -hmm. I'll go ahead, I'll take it on, I'll see where it goes. May not always work out, and then it might. Mm -hmm. 
So that's kind of just a unofficial label here. Right, right. Yeah. Now, how old were you when you were in the group with all the other guys? Um, that all started in eighth grade, so I want to roughly say like thirteen. Okay, yeah. So you're still pretty young. So, as you said, having dealing, trying to deal with other people with getting beats and record uh, studio time and stuff, mm-hmm. you decide just pick that up yourself basically yeah um and so that was your first like just getting into the whole act of like producing music and everything as well yeah pretty much all of that was because i started out in this group and no one could seem to help us and then it it, it became funny years later because of course once we start doing it ourselves and everyone wanted to help of course (laughs) yeah it's too late now (laughs) we've done this and that you know you missed it you know and (laughs) You know, whether or not they could bring something more to the table, it's like, well, we've already started this path. So, mm-hmm. but I'm, I am glad that did happen because now being through that and going through that so long and, um, you know, I, I never burned any bridges. You know, when people did come back and they wanted to offer help, I'd be like, well, we got this covered, but here's what you can help me with. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of grew a lot of connections for me. So that that worked out when i started gaining more artists and now i can just i can basically point them and tell them where to go you know you come to me you, you got the budget you got the money you got the drive i'm just tell you where you need to put it all i'm not going to be too overbearing or anything like that so yeah yeah nice now have you been a fan of music your whole life or was there a time when you remember getting into everything initially um I would say definitely always a fan. Um, Actually, the kind of music that I do now probably reflects more as to what I grew up on because I grew up in a household of a lot of like either really old school blues. That's my grandpa. He's real Southern. uh, They listen to like a lot of blues and they also listen to country a little bit. and then my mom, she was real heavy on like neo soul R&B. Okay. So like, I grew up listening to Alicia Keys, Eric Benet, India Ari, Lauren Hill, um, D'Angelo, like real soulful R&B. And then now, um, over the years, I actually started doing some work with um, with a magazine, and through there, I gained a vocal coach. Nice. I did about year and a half two years with that vocal coach and that helped him improve my singing and so now i've kind of incorporated that in my music and that's why i say probably reflects a little bit more because i wasn't always a big hip-hop head uh-huh. i was a r&b junkie so yeah yeah kind of got up on that when i got into hip-hop it's a funny story was that around the time when you were like 13 then when you started the group basically yeah so like when i got into hip-hop the funny thing was um that's when Soldier Boy came out. And the hip hop I had started listening to, like I was I was real into like the Nas, Talib Kweli, Black Star, yeah. the real lyrical content. And I just could not get down with Soldier Boy and I couldn't <laughs> get down with everybody listening to it. Like it just you know, everybody has that, you know, like with the whole mumble rap wave. It I guess I was kinda that guy screaming mumble rap when soldier boy came out yeah and i just wasn't rocking with it i did not like the superman when that came out and it even drove me to the point that we're like you know what if people like this i can do this right yeah 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 
and then I started rapping. So the first song I made was like a Soldier Boy diss track, <laughs> and it got around. And then you know, one of the homies heard it. He's like, "Oh, you know, I rap too." We did like one freestyle on like an old MP3 player I had that had like a recording option. We just dropped a little acapella, and we was like, "You know, we kind of sound good together." So. From there, things just kind of took off. And then um, one of our classes actually caught wind of it. And I ended up doing an entire project for my class to remix the Soulja Boy song again. But we had to make it more school school appropriate. (laughs) And so we made it about math. It was probably one of the most uh, cringeworthy points (laughs) of my career. So I'm not even going to tell you the name of it because I don't want you to look it up. Yes, where is this released at? We need to yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Long gone. I buried it as yeah. much as I could. <laughs> but at the time, I couldn't bury it because once we did it, you know, the teacher, I believe he's the principal now or vice principal now, um, that organized it, he was like seven feet tall and has like this huge wingspan and he wanted to perform it with us. So everyone just thought that was the most hilarious thing ever. And his whole goal was to get a million views on YouTube, which is why we did this. And when we did it, you know, we never got those million views, but B100 picked it up. Oh, really? Yeah. So the first song that I ever really did was a diss track and then another remix to that diss track, which landed to B100. Oh, that's interesting. So that's that's kind of how it all started. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And then what led from there? You said you had the group, and then eventually that just kind of, some people stayed, some people found their way out and stuff. When did you, uh, did you, back then were you known as Jordan XO? No, um, back then, um, so like when I first started, it was always the hardest name picking, the hardest thing to pick a name, because right. it was like, what's a good rapper name that doesn't sound like I'm building a creative player? so and every name just always came up like it and at the point it was lyrical legend and then i was like wow this kind of sounds really corny with the whole name like that but i felt like i was trying to make a statement with it Mm -hmm. and then just eventually as i got older started doing shows and stuff like that i just dropped the lyrical part it was like the silent part of the name so like if i was like Lil wayne and people call me wayne Mm. It just dropped a little. So it was yeah. just like that for the lyrical, and then it just became legend. And I actually kept that name through the group, through my solo career. And I had the name all the way up until about early 2018. Yeah, because I know I remember seeing that name around before. Yeah. What led to the change to Jordan XL? Trademarking. Ah. So trademark people, uh, copyright, trademark, do all that. The whole issue was, it wasn't that anyone came after me for it. Um, A lot of people think that I got in trouble and had to cease and desist with the name, but that wasn't the case. It was more so um, when I first put out, when I took the time to, like, I paid out another engineer um, to do an EP of mine. So for the while, when I was in the group and I started going solo, after I got artists, I took a step back from my own music. I kind of focused on there. So this was like my first solo EP. And I took the time, invested the money in it to get it sounding right, um, got the right cover, 
finally went for all the major streaming platforms and then come to find out people couldn't find my project unless they looked up my name plus the name of the project and i was like why is it mm. so hard to find and i knew like a, a common name like legend would be taken yeah. i was just hoping that somewhere down the line it would pop up i didn't think it'd be so difficult mm -hmm. but not only did it not pop up but like some people would play the ep and it might accidentally be on like shuffle or something like that and then it would turn to this like screamo rock band uh-huh that was called legend oh, okay yeah. and so we were trying to figure out for the longest if there was any way to separate it i thought it would separate by genres mm -hmm. but it didn't mm -hmm. and um the more i looked into this rock band they didn't seem to have the trademark it seemed to be a dead trademark um i could have easily got it probably could have sent my own cease and desist or whatever but the thing was they had like millions of streams oh. and plays on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, all of that. And I was just like, you know what? Even if I win this thing, their music's still going to bury mine because their plays sure. are way up there. So the best thing for me to do is just bow out this battle and kind of rebrand. I just used it as a time to start over. Mm -hmm. So it was a blessing and a curse because it, it was sad to see a name go that I've had for so many years. Yeah. But... I think it was needed. It it definitely came with the change of music, the maturity and the things that I learned on the journey. And then just, you know, in a way now I get to kind of stick to my own name as well. So yeah, I get to, yeah. I get to kind of use my first name, which is kind of cool. Right. Right. What, uh, what made you pick the XO part? Um, so I was going through a series of names. Cause once again, I was stuck in like, the name picking part. It could take you a long time to it took <laughs> figure me out some good names. It took me so long because I knew the moment we were working on the EP, I knew I had to change my name. And I was probably thinking about, because I started working on the EP in actually like 2016. Now, is this your first solo project? No, I dropped many more. But oh, this okay. is the first one that actually I attempted to really put out there like that. Everything else that we did, even as a group, they were... They were on MySpace. Uh, there was a place called uh, I can't remember. It was through like Twitter, and they had like a they had some type of media player. Mm. I want to I want to say it was called like Twix Play or something like mm -hmm. that. Maybe yeah yeah. It was yeah it was so old. I don't even remember the name of it. Well, now how many projects have you released like solo as Legend? Um, I want to say like four. Okay. And most of that was just like burnt CD, hand-to-hand -hand copies through the school. Sure, yeah. And then, yeah, just some MySpace, that one Twitter player, and then um, Reverb Nation mm -hmm. got on that for a while. And then when SoundCloud happened, you started utilizing that a little bit more. Um, Just actually got into Bandcamp. Oh, Don't yeah. know why, but uh, I, I like Bandcamp, but just now got into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the EP was my first one that I actually pushed like on a larger platform. Okay. Yeah. So you went with the yeah. whole name change now. Yeah. And I knew I'd have to change and I'm glad I did that because that I could have still been going to this day with the name legend, not knowing about this rock band. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, I'm glad that I invested and, uh, took the time to push all that forward because mm -hmm. now I know, and I think the change is a lot better. 
And you have like a unique brand, you know? Yeah. All to yourself and shit. So yeah. no confusion or nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can tend to be a very indecisive person. So like, I'm the kind of guy that I don't really have a favorite food or a favorite movie. I'm the I'm the worst with favorites. Yeah, like, I can't pick shit. Yeah, for don't do, if you ask me like, if I'm in an interview and I used to do it, um, cause I ran track and uh, I was um, I was I was state ranked, so I had a I got the pace setter and they would interview me for that, and I knew the questions they would ask, and what I do is I was like, you know what, I don't have a favorite. So I'm going to have fun with this, and I'm going to pick the most stereotypical thing that you would expect me to say. Yeah. So when they're like, what's your favorite food? Fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite drink? Kool-Aid. Just whatever <laughs> I felt, I was like, yep, people are going to look at this, and they're going to be like, there's no way that he didn't do this on purpose. Yeah, right. So, yeah. It, you can imagine how it was when the name change came around. Yeah, so you said you were indecisive about the... And so yeah, um... I had it came it ended up coming down to like three different names and one was kind of like a joke one of the homies always used to play off my name and call me Jay Waters he's like sounds kind of smooth like, Jay Waters. you flow like water but your last name's at water <laughs> and I was like uh, well you've been calling me that for years so we'll we'll put it into play now that I gotta change my name yeah. and then there was <laughs> um like, I was trying to get, like, a more saucy vibe with my music. So, at a point, I thought about J-Drip. And then I was just like, uh, I don't know. That might sound like, it might sound like it's going to play out in a few years. Mm. And then Jordan XO just kind of, it kind of hit while I was like, man, I can't think of a name. I can't think of anything. I just had these two names. I didn't really like them, but I was going to have to choose one. Yeah. Cause it was the only thing I could think of. I given up, and I don't remember what I was under the influence of, but I was just driving, having a good night, and I think I was listening to. I might have been listening to like the weekend or something like that, and for some reason it just popped in my head, like Jordan Exa. Don't know why. Yeah. As a whole, it popped in my name. Not one came first, not Jordan, and then not EXO. Just all popped in my head as a whole. It was Jordan EXO, and I was like, you know what? That sounds really wavy. Yeah, I yeah. think I like that. And then I was like, well, it's so simplistic. Somebody has to have taken it. Looked it up. I didn't see anything for it. I was like, okay, I'm going to add this to the three. I just did a little Snapchat thing, a little... Messaged a couple close friends, um, core base friends that, you know, I've, I've made friends through them being fans of mine and coming to every show. I just kind of reached out to them, let them know I'm changing the name and kind of asked them their opinions on it. And uh, Jordan XO definitely won. And I was happy that it did because mm -hmm. I was more than likely going to pick that anyway. Yeah, even if they pick another one, like, you know what, forget it. Yeah, because that's, that's what was going to happen. They were going <laughs> to pick a name that was going to win. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I don't even like it. Yeah, and I was gonna yeah, pick something else. Do it again. <laughs> yep. But does it have anything to do with like XO, like kiss, hug, symbol type thing? It does. It kind of has a, a double meaning to it. So like when I originally thought of it, like XO, liquor is like, it's like the smoother brand of it. It's like mm -hmm. a 
for all my drinkers out there, if you have like a VSOP, so like there's like Remy or Hennessy, and then they have a Remy or Hennessy VSOP. They're a lot smoother, usually higher alcohol percentage. Um, and that's kind of what the XO was. It was just a much smoother brand. Ooh, yes. And so that just kind of tied in like, ooh, I'm Jordan with a much smoother brand. I'm the XO version of this. Like, Hell yeah. And then also with tying in the R&B, I just felt like that would be good for like my female fan base for like the, the hugs and kisses and that kind of ties right, right. into that R&B side of it. So I just kind of... I just kind of say, you know, whichever one people catch on to first, that's the one it means. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of like if you signed your name lovingly, Jordan XO. You yeah, know, just, there exactly. You go. <laughs> exactly. So just like that, I might have to put like XO, 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 like six different times <laughs> to separate it from my name and yeah. with love. But uh, it works out. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Looks cool on paper. Right, right. I've wrote it a few times. Yeah, it looks good. Really good. Yeah. Smooth. Smooth, baby. Oh, Jordan yeah. XO. So what was the EP you were working on then that was first released as Jordan XO? What was that one called? Oh, the one I'm working on as Jordan XO. I have not released anything under the name yet. Uh-huh. So this is all still very fresh. Um, what I did do is I released a track recently called Tia Valentine. And I did it under the name Legend. And, like, if you listen to the beat, I made the beat, and it says Legend on the beat. Oh, okay. But I never released it. It was still a good quality song. Um, I did the recording over a graveyard, actually, when um, we had a news interview. And so they had, like, a, a top five or five, five, I forgot the title of the interview, in the paper which is so horrible because it was uh the quad city times it was their big story and it was about five men from watertown and it basically interviewed me um torian paul pootyville taj um that opened up east side sounds and cannon burge and they basically just kind of talked about all the different influences we all had um with Torian, with the name that he has with pootyville going viral and signing that major record deal and still being around the area, um, Cannon and Taj, they had the Hoops for Hope, which was making national news and everything like that. And then I've just always been in the scene, helping artists and booking shows and stuff like that. So that's when they wanted to kind of interview us all one-on-one, get us in our own element. And um, I was working on that song at the time. So I definitely did not want to let it go to waste Mm -hmm. and it was something that was just sitting there and i was like i can't just let it go to waste because i changed the name so i did release that under jordan xo and then um that kind of gave me the idea to just um release a free ep of all the stuff that i've been sitting on during that transition kind of give people an idea of some type of middle ground of where my music was at and where it's heading Mm mm-hmm because it it, it kind of all was happening that way with the name change, the music was changing, and it will reflect in the free EP. And what I want to do is I'm going to play it off of the EP that made me change my name. It was called Champagne Gold. Mm-hmm. And I released that into 2016 in December. And so this next one is going to be called uh, the Rosé EP because basically um, 
start having some ties with uh, Bel Air Champagne. We got very acquainted. Nice. And uh, I, I, what happened is um, I attended this black bottle party and I met up with um, Andre, who was like, a, he was an A&R at Universal Studios. Um, so I had the opportunity to get a time spot, um, chopped it up with him. And he basically, he gave me a pretty good confidence boost. You know, he let me know like, hey, you know, I'll tell you now, your fan base and everything isn't there. You need a bigger presence. You're not quite there for the industry, but it's like, I can tell you, I like where it's going. And basically, if if it comes across, if your name comes across the table, holler at me. So I was like, okay. So that, that lets me know that he believes I have what it takes to make it in the industry. I'm just not there yet. Mm -hmm. And so he's um, waiting and watching. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope he's still watching. So, yeah. um, basically I had like a black bottle party that night and, um, it was all Bel Air champagne. And I was like, you know, it's crazy. Cause I just dropped and showed him my EP champagne gold. And here I am drinking rose champagne instead. <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess that's the best way to tie this all in. You know, I came in as legend with the champagne gold and they said, well, here, here's a bottle of rose. <laughs> and that's how I'm just going to switch it up. That's what the rose EP is going to be all about is, you know, things didn't go out exactly as planned, but this is what I was handed. Mm. And this is how I'm going to run with it. Hell yeah. Yeah. And um, from there, I do plan on releasing a solo project under my name. Um, and right now I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be an album. I'm not sure if it's going to be an LP or album, but it's going to be called Twas Written in the Stars. And that's basically just going to be the same kind of concept. Everything I believe was mapped out for me. Everything's written there. I believe in like astrology and higher powers, stuff like that. So, and, and a lot of fate and destiny. So I believe that's how things are going to shape out if they're meant to shape out mm -hmm. how I believe. And I've been working on that very silently. Um, the last EP, I'm part of the QC Dramatics, which is like a beat team. There's about seven of us. And uh, one of them, Elski, he executive produced the whole project. And it was just nice. he kept giving me beats that I liked. I wanted to I wanted to be like on my Kanye J. Cole and produce my whole album and mm -hmm. just say that I did it all. But it didn't happen that way because I liked all his beats better. Yeah. This time around, I plan on doing it. Um, and he did. He still keeps showing me beats that I like more than mine. So yeah. he has like four or five on the project. Nice. But <laughs> I'm still in majority as far as beats. Um, so I'm working on that. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you produce all your own beats but do you mostly produce your own beats and then yeah for the for the most part yeah. um i want to say about 70 percent of the time i do um otherwise a good majority of them comes from elski and um sometimes even i i hate to go on youtube and look up like tight beats because i know i'm gonna feel so embarrassed if i run into somebody at a show and we're doing the same beat even oh, if it's a different yeah. song, like, right, right. I just don't want to deal with that. And yeah. then a lot of people, they keep their tags in them. They don't buy them. I, I buy the beats. I go through, I contact the producer. I purchase at least a premium lease, if not the exclusive. Um, so a lot of times I might have a few songs that where I might have bought it online. Mm -hmm. 
but usually beforehand, I, I like to do a lot of test runs of my tracks. So like I'll download it as free. I'll record it. I'll see how it shapes out. If I like it, I'll probably run forward with it and buy it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll just kind of scrap it and yeah. try to make it on my own or have Elski make it. Um, right. I've also been working with a lot more producers this year, like Young Scrimmage and um, Fantana. Both of them are East Side. Um, so they're down at the studio a lot since we're kind of like co-workers at the studio and engineers you know we do a little thing every saturday where we get together and we just kind of all cook up or kick it and kind of talk business plans or whatever so got them working on a few things with me um clay lit i've been working with him recently for this album just trying to get get a little bit of everything i plan on pre-recording a lot and then making cuts mm-hmm. and so far I want to say I'm probably about like 40 tracks in for the album. And I want to, I don't want to push it. I wanted to release in April, but I might push back just a little bit more because there's still a lot more that I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm working on a compilation project as well through the 100 series. Yeah, yeah. And he basically, he put on a 100 series concert. It was like his first time doing that. Um, his brand's not typically about music it's just about promoting positivity and when he did that concert he just realized like I have a lot of artists in the area that I really like and he's like I I would love to hear everybody on one song together or like on one album I was like well that's not a bad idea we can make that happen so we've uh, put together a compilation album for this year and we've contacted like all of his favorite producers and all his favorite artists from there and That'd be in the works, so I have my hands in that as well. Hell yeah. Um, and then I have a secret joint project, but since it's secret, I won't talk too much about it now. But Stay tuned out there. Yes, but you will notice I'm working with, a, I'm work, I'm working with someone that's going to definitely sneak up and surprise everyone. They, they have no idea that we've been working on this only a select few do only a select few have heard some of the songs but um i'm really confident about that i i'm actually not sure if i'm more excited for this joint project or for my solo both hoping to come out this year yeah i i definitely think both will because since it's a joint project of course i get to do like half the effort because I have someone else that's going to be working with me hand in hand, and that's going to be a very short EP, Uh probably about five, six songs. So that shouldn't take much, and we're already about halfway through that, and I'm probably more than halfway as far as the writing and recording process for my personal album. So I definitely think if I just continue to focus on it, we should be able to execute it very easily. And that's going to be the biggest thing that I'm focused on this year is execution. Mm-hmm. Always have big ideas, always have big plans, but something always happens to where it never gets executed the way I want it to. And this year I'll just, uh, that's going to be the focus. I'm going to make sure if yes. I say it, it has to happen. Yes. So hold this podcast against me. Do it. Do it. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, you got to say it, got to put it out there and fucking make it happen. Yeah, just, yeah, all in the universe. It comes down to discipline, too, especially like someone like yourself working on a bunch of different things. You got to yeah. maintain a high level of discipline and like be on top of your schedule and all that shit. You know? And I am not. So <laughs> shout out to Nakaya, who's been one of the best PAs for me like the last like year and a half since I met her. We met at a concert, actually, in Iowa City and we just kind of hit it off and had no idea. Actually... We're in Des Moines. It was an Iowa-based city show. So I I did it um, two years in a row. And the first year was an amazing show, so I knew I definitely had to get back on. And they were like, well, this show's going to be in Des Moines if you're willing to make that drive. I was like, well, the last show went so well. I'm definitely willing to go out there. Go out there. Didn't expect to really know anybody. I thought for sure all the artists were probably going to be from Des Moines because no one wanted to really drive. But... Then, yeah, on the way back, she was like, yeah, where, so where are you going? I was like, well, to the Quad City. She's like, well, I live in Davenport. Oh, I was like, shit. oh, so do I, because at the time, I had just moved over there. But I am back here on the east side now, but that was just kind of a funny way of, once again, things falling into place, you know, because she wanted to get into the music scene. I was like, well, I can help you with that, and maybe yeah, you can help yeah. me out with some things, too, because I can't seem to stay on top of everything. I have so much rolling in right now that yeah, yeah. I I forget all the time, and then I'm just ripping and running, trying to make it from one thing to the next. and So, yeah, it's helping me keep some balance there. So Hell shout yeah. out. Got to have some good people in your corner. Shit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely it's all about the right team and right surroundings. Um, a lot of things I notice people do is when they – when they build a team, they think it just means, oh, I'm just going to get all the best artists and just call it a team. Yeah. And it's going to be like a giant Voltron Power Ranger type deal, but you can't <laughs> just be a team full of artists. Yeah, yeah. It's great because you're going to push each other, hopefully at least, you know, hopefully not everybody's being a yes man because um, it takes somebody to really push you and tell you what's not it and yeah. oh, you can go harder than that but really a, a team I mean you need you need someone to help you keep organized you know management and an assistant um, publicist you know stylist you know engineer producer if you don't know how to do those things yourself especially like you you definitely need an army behind you definitely yeah this shit will get clusterfucked really quick. <laughs> it will. And then you can always, the more you elevate, you'll notice there's so much more that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And there was a point that where I'll admit I thought I knew it all. I was like, okay, I've done this so many times. Okay, I, I have to know how this works. And I'll elevate. I'll get to a certain point that where I'm in a room full of people that they're talking to me. And I'm this. so why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Well, why would you do that when you can do this? And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I guess this is how. Fuck, there's really more to works. learn here. <laughs> yeah, I, I never thought about it that way. So definitely, uh, it 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 helps to have that team because that's what they're there for. You know, mm-hmm. management. You know, that they're there to get you the connects that you don't already have. You know, they're there to tell you where to be, where to go, keep you on top of your shit. And if you can't do that on your own or if you don't have the connects of your own, then I would suggest looking into it. That's any of my advice, you know, look into some somebody that can help, you know, 
guide you through it you know it's everybody has this ego or this pride about wanting it to do it themselves just kind of how i was talking about my ep i wanted to do it myself but i couldn't i just wasn't at that stage yet and i was still new to making beats so like sometimes when i make them they wouldn't come they'd come out so great when i was making them and then when i'd bounce them out and i listened to it in the car i was like this sounds nothing like what i just made in yeah. the headphones so you know you can't always do it yourself there's nothing wrong with having a team of people that do know what they're doing that can't help you hell yeah yeah definitely i was gonna say when you were talking about uh like when you release tia valentine mm-hmm. you could just uh all the songs you come out with that you produce you could just have it be jordan xo produced by legend <laughs> so it's, oh yeah i got my own personal producer <laughs> actually i could and i thought about doing that this guy's got his own producer <laughs> yeah i really did think about doing that because like i said it was never trademarked as far as i know i mean it's probably still not if i yeah. went back and looked at it but uh it's it's a possibility but you know what i just rather eliminate the confusion yeah there may be a couple that slip through the cracks where you know who knows later down the line i might just drop an alter ego project and go back yeah, to my yeah, whole yeah. thing <laughs> who knows we'll right just want to see how the exo wave goes right now right yeah i think it sounds pretty good it's yeah a good look and everything yeah i remember i was in a band in high school and you know obviously that broke up years ago and mm-hmm. that was like over that was like a decade or more ago and like <laughs> <laughs> nowadays i guess one of my the dudes who i was in the band with back in the day he said that there's a band with our name now that's like kind of getting more really? popularity a little bit like they got like their cd at co-op or some bullshit you know it's like <laughs> really well good for them <laughs> now that that has not happened in my experience but hey that is why that is why we do things like this people have different experiences i've never had i've never lost a name and then had somebody pick it back up and back then i think there's probably a few other people with the same name you know trying to run with it or whatever but yeah but I mean, mm-hmm. s- still, you know, you, you know about the ones that have the same name. Yeah. Sometimes when you're doing it, but I mean, like, like you said, ten years later, about a decade later. Yeah, I don't know how long they've been at it. I don't know if they were also one of the other ones from back then, and then they kept up with it and just finally, yeah, because broke out or something. And <laughs> I'm thinking about that because as I'm talking about all this, I started when I was like 13. This yeah. is a it's a good decade for me myself so are you like 23 i'm 25 25 so long time i'm I'm getting up there so uh i got i got a couple fucking old (laughs) yeah i got i got a couple years to really make a strong push um i really feel like musically i want to i want to stay an artist as long as i can i don't want to ever be pushed back like I was to just strictly a producer, just strictly focus on art. I'm down to help and still down to um, help mold any young talent that comes my way. But I definitely have big plans of my own that I do want to execute and see get done. And I, I feel like I got, I got a time span on that though. You know, there's, yeah. there's only there's only so much we can do with the short time we have here. And I am getting older. I've been at it a good 10 years. You know, when, when you don't see too much change, you know, eventually that just means it's just, it's, it might be time to move around. It might not be. But the thing that keeps me here is the change that I've seen has been so progressive. When I actually look back at the things I've done, I mean, I can remember the time um, 
one of the guys that was engineering our music and the reason that I started engineering our own. Um, I really started engineering our own because he just, he gave up the dream one day. He mm. just, we just hit him up like, hey, we need to do another mixtape. And he's like, nah, man, I'm done with that stuff. I sold everything. And he's like, we're never going to be as big as these guys or those guys. And at the time, there was a lot bigger names than us at the time um, around the area. And those are kind of the guys that we looked up to that we thought were really out here, you know, really achieving the dream that we wanted to get to. And they were just, he just thought we'd never get to that level. He's like, just, just be realistic. We're never going to be those guys. We're never, we're never going to do big shows. We're never going to be at the cold ballroom. We're never going to do eye wireless you know, I'm just going to pick a new career. Mm. And a few years later, about a, about a decade later, in 2016, when I did drop that EP, I performed, actually, I, I performed at the Cole Ballroom two years after he said that. Um, formed a dance land, Ribco. And then, yeah, in 2016, I actually did do the iWireless when we opened for Wayne. Yeah, yeah, I so, thought, yeah, I was gonna ask. I thought you had played there before. Yeah, yeah. so that that was just kind of one of the things that I look back on, like when I'm when I'm when I'm really down and out about it, and I'm just like, man, things just aren't moving the way I want. Sometimes I just have to look back and realize what I actually have done, mm-hmm. and not look so much as to what I haven't. Yeah, like if you can see, like. You know, progression of good progress. And, yeah. You know, something's up. And, yeah. Well, fuck that dude anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, you know, yeah, listen to this guy. Like, don't fucking give up on your dreams type shit, you know? God yeah. damn, like. Yeah, it just wasn't. Because that's like a bad, it sucks. It's too bad that that yeah. guy had that mindset because that's a horrible mindset to have, honestly, because, I mean, it's not like you have to be the yeah. biggest, best group out there either. You can still make, like, a great career doing whatever. Yeah, you know. and I actually just think that's a, like, I don't want to get too um, conspiracy theory here, but I, I really think that's just, like, a society thing. That's how we're bred to think in a way. I think so. You know, sure. because, and that was, and that's also funny because that was the whole concept around my Champagne Gold project was not to give up on dreams like those and basically not to give into what society wants you to be mm-hmm. because people are bred to think just like that like man i, I need to get realistic who am i yeah. thinking i'm gonna be a rapper i need to they want you to, to give up yeah just, i need to go to the arsenal or i need yeah, to go, go to get gear. a fucking factory job become just a worker bee type yeah shit, you and know? They, there's there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do right but if you want to do something else then don't get scared off by the fact that people have other opinions because I can't tell you how many times I go day to day I'm at a point in my music that where I can do it full time which I love I can go do what I need to do when I need to do it um studio time you know people paying for like those engineering sessions that's a that's a good part of my money um shows is a good part i'm not seeing a whole lot big off royalty checks and also i haven't released a lot so of course i don't expect that um but really like shows engineering um and then getting into other business ventures like it led me to you know bringing in bands for the city and 
um, meeting with venue owners and booking shows myself to help them draw business. And that was just off the strength of I had networked and did so many things with so many different artists over 10 years when people were like, man, I want to do a show and I really need an R&B singer. I'm just like, I know one. Yeah. Because I probably worked with them or engineered or something of that sort to where I just bring them through. And they're like, okay, well, here's a stretch. I need a metal drummer. One of my first shows I actually did was at Mixtapes Nice Moline, and it was a metal show. Mixtapes, shout out. Yeah, shout out Mixtapes. So, Throwback. <laughs> I was like, well, I got that too. Surprise, surprise. And just it just kind of continued like that to where they are just like, well, do you just want to book the shows? Okay cool yeah so now that's uh that's kind of where things are headed and that's pretty much you know you you can make it doing that yeah you know so definitely. it just kind of depends on what you really really want to do and if you can see ways to make it work you know don't always have to give into the the nine to five lifestyle and you know sometimes i need the extra cash i might pick up one here or there sure and, but once i get what i need that supplies what I need for that moment. You know, I'm, I'm back out of there because I know the music money isn't as consistent. Mm-hmm. But it, it does. I am surviving off of it, and I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'd like to say yeah, so yeah. far. That's great. Yeah. Now, uh, you also uh, mess with like uh, kind of hosting or promoting shows. Like, don't you kind of do you host New Groove? Yeah, yeah. So that that was kind of one of the things I was talking about. Um, it was basically just one of those things that where I was involved with it as just an artist. And then when I actually came on board um, as one of the organizers, so we kind of all get together between me, Beach, and Obbs, and then um, Nakaya, and then we brought in Brian Fanning as well, Fantana. And um, we just kind of all sit down and we organize the shows. And so far we've had a, a good two-year running and I was a part of it, I want to say, maybe after the third or fourth ever New Groove. Mm-hmm. And so that started out uh, actually at Theo's. And um, Obbs could probably tell the story better because he was one of the first ones there. But it was like a, I think it was like a jazz band type thing. And then Obbs and some other of his people got up there and did some spoken word. And then they had some guys coming freestyle over it. And it was just like, it became a thing. Like, yeah. wow, we have this jazz band with rappers and poets right, over right, it. Right. And it was just like this unique sound, but everybody had such good vibes. And so just kind of took it and ran with it. And New Groove just basically gives the opportunity to create those same vibes, bring those different genres and style of people together, mm-hmm. and then give them a different experience by putting them behind like a live jazz band or a live live blues band something that they typically wouldn't do any artist can get up there and do backtracks um whether their vocals are in them or not in them you know just depends on the performer but what we offer is just something so much different with that live band aspect and with the different type of crowds and they just progressively grew and grew and to eventually been down at Roz Talks was like, you know what? Things have been great. Here's a lineup for the whole year. Just go crazy. Hell yeah. So now we have new groove booked for the entire year and we do it every other month. We get together um, right after the next show, reflect on, you know, 
it was a good show. We had good artists. What can we do better to make the experience better? Or, you know, who should we bring back? You know, what did the crowd really gravitate to? And then we just kind of move forward from there. We try to plan everything real strategically for every show. We want everything mm -hmm. to kind of have a theme to it as well so that it's not boring. You know, when it's Valentine's Day, we were supposed to do an R&B night, but um, things just kind of got ahead of us. Uh, OBS was in Haiti. Um, I had so many projects on my hand and some other stuff going on, and Beach had things going on. So that kind of got away from us on the theme, but normally we do like Halloween, we do like costume nights, and Valentine's Day, we try to have like an R&B soul band there and just kind of make it something strictly a little more smooth vibe for the lovey-dovey feel of the holiday. Yeah, yeah. Christmas, we had, um, <laughs> we had like a cipher of like Christmas-style beats, like remixing yeah. jingle bells and <laughs> stuff like that just something right. different to create that experience yeah the halloween one i want some like scary beats and shit <laughs> yeah we we never <laughs> did anything <laughs> scary for that i mean we did have remake do make like sample some beats out of like the halloween like yeah. games and shit the scary yeah. movie soundtracks and yep. stuff either we find like we we, we want to make them because um you know between like the live bands in between me and Fantana electronically engineering and stuff like that. Um, we try to keep everything in house with new groove as well. Mm -hmm. So that way we don't have to worry about anything else on the outside. Nobody trying to get us for using their beats right, or right. anything. And you know, Roz talks is a place that, only host original music they don't right, do yeah. remixes or covers so shout out to fucking Roz Talks yes, for that shit thank you Roz Talks they've hosted us for two wonderful years and many many more yes yes yeah. man all right so for March let's do where everyone has to be shit-faced mm. especially the performers mm -hmm. <laughs> that'd be a crazy night actually that would be the case we do it every other month so the next one will be in April but so, nope, because it's a joke. April Fool's yep. <laughs> next month. So no show. No. <laughs> I like where you went with that. It's a great thing. Might I guess you have to have an Easter show and everyone has chocolate. Or you know what? I actually... Dresses up as furries or something in a bunny costume. I have to check the dates now because I actually believe... Um, I believe our next show might be 420. Oh. Well, that's going to be themed, correct? <laughs> Ew. Um, <laughs> because we are in Illinois, and I'm not sure of the uh, the uh, recreational. It's decriminalized in Illinois. It's decriminalized, definitely. But for safe, safe speaking, to each its own, whatever you do that night, however you come is however we accept you. And however you go outside <laughs> is however you come back in. Oh yeah. Or whatever. I don't I don't know what I fully just said there, but <laughs> But you heard it but, here first. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm getting at. But <laughs> yeah. I do believe I believe um our next new groove is around the fifteenth or the twentieth. It's somewhere close to that date though. So, um yeah, it, it could be four twenty themed, it could be Easter themed. Um I'd say both. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're not uh, if you're not too religiously offended, then hey, the Easter Bunny's eyes might be red that day. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, you host any other events or have you ever? Um, 
I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm not necessarily, so like with New Groove, like I'm an official organizer there. Um, that's stamped, approval, titled. Um, but I also did uh, some some heavy affiliation with the Supper Club. Um, I showed a lot of support when they first opened, um, gave any suggestions, any artists or anything like that to any of the organizers there. Yeah. Um, I'm always there to help out. And then also, um, we, we tried to, we're trying to eventually kind of combine things because, you know, New Groove and the things that are going on at Supper Club, um, they're so close to each other. You know, they're, they're right down the street. Roz Talks is way down mm-hmm. at one end and then of downtown and then Supper Club is way down at the other end of uh, downtown. And so there was, uh, I believe, two New Grooves ago. We just decided, like, well, we have a show on the same day. Let's not make this a competitive thing. There's enough for every artist to – this is a great thing. Every artist has an opportunity if if you don't make it for New Groove because we only have 12 slots, and we try to be real selective because, like I said, we try to theme everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, if you don't get on for New Groove, you know, it's no offense to the artists or anything like that. It's just it wasn't for this show. Right. But, hey, Supper Club has this going on this same day we're going to cut off early and the after party is going to be over there. So, Hey, everybody head down there. Um, just things like that. So we're all trying to get integrated and affiliate with each other because we don't want to add competition or egos or anything like that. There's enough of that going around. Yeah, yeah. We just want to create spaces for artists to do their thing, you know, cause and especially with, um, with music, like what I do, like with it being hip hop based, there was a point that where they were outlawing it. We had uh we had some shows and they actually had petitions in Moline in like downtown Moline to where they didn't want us to do hip hop shows at what? certain venues, yeah. Where and when and where was there this? was uh there was a wave of beer stoop shows. A a long wave of beer stoop shows and we used to play there a long time ago. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say like 2012 to 2014. That was like when we were kind of out there. Yeah, some sometime around there, and um, the venue used to be really cheap rentals. So of course, all the artists jumped on it and put on shows. Some shows weren't the best, but some were really great. We had really, really amazing crowds, um, way past capacity, but few instances happened where a couple people ruined it for the rest of us like mm-hmm. like what tends to happen you motherfuckers <sighs> got <laughs> words for you people if i knew who you were but anyway yeah it got to the point that where they actually just uh they just put, had a, like a petition and we had a show there i remember one day and all we all we heard back from the artist was, hey, guys, unfortunately, we got to cancel because I just got an email from Beer Stoop saying that they have this petition that they don't want these hip hop bands here anymore or whatever else. And they gave me my deposit back. And what? I was like, oh, OK. I mean, what else can you do? And there's a few other people that tried to book there and they said they don't do it anymore. So they stopped completely. Like is that? I don't still know if they. Thing? I don't know if they completely stopped, and I haven't like tried. Or? Yeah, I haven't tried recently, but I do want to go in there, and I do want to have a conversation with somebody about that because. Uh, well, they, I do remember the last show I, I set up a show for Beer Stoop, and 
I just got it set up to where, like, if I were to set it up any later, they had just announced, like, they were raising their prices to book the show and all that, to rent the space and shit. I was like, well, fuck that. This will be my last time. Then. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it, it's, it's even stuff like that. I mean, I guess raising the price is, is one thing. I guess it, for me, it would depend on how dramatically they raised it yeah. on how I would feel about it. Um, but I think that would just go as if they saw shows are getting hot. This place is in demand, so we're mm-hmm. going to raise our price. Because right. if you guys really want this place, we're going to make you pay this. But when you get to the point that where they give you your deposit back and say, we're just going to cancel your show, and like two days before the show was supposed to happen as well. So everything was in motion. Everything was set in literally two days before the show. And I, I didn't even want to – if I didn't see the email myself, I would have been like, why would anybody just – do that hmm. so i don't know i i wouldn't mind revisiting it yeah and seeing you know what happened you know because hey for all i know i don't know the exchange that they had with them it could have been something they may have got into it about money or negotiations i don't know it might not all have been the venue's fault so i don't want to put that all on them right right at yeah. least until i have that conversation as to do you still do this or yeah. do you rent out your room or yeah whatever. like i mean i haven't noticed in recent years many shows being put on there. i haven't either and you know and i don't what? know if that's just because we have better spaces now for like the diy scene but yeah you know i don't know i i don't even it shouldn't be that because you know they're also they're like also that whole area is really good too. yeah they're also a building that needs to generate money otherwise you just have an empty space just sitting right. there so why wouldn't you want to have shows i mean it's it's a entire space the blackhawk room i believe it's called and they got the entire space there's a bar inside it right and it's not bad at all it's it's really not bad i nice. mean but i don't know and i'm probably just i'm probably wrong like just talking shit i don't even know like they probably have shows all the time but i just maybe not they, like people from around our community you know yeah, like they, musicians they probably we know. do i haven't been like around that area or really been checking for anything like that yeah. but and that's just because we've just been so wrapped up in everything that's been happening i mean with the supper club opening i mean it's had a pretty good run within just its first first year really being open and then everything increase increasing at Roz talks with new groove and then they already they've been putting on shows for years before we even came along mm-hmm. um so they've always had great standings and then um Ribco for a little bit started coming back and bringing back some different artists and doing some different shows so and then um I'm also a part of like the East Moline Main Street here Mm -hmm. so I kind of help with um yeah what does that all entail yeah so the Main Street's basically like it's through the city and they basically help revive the downtown area and so they're helping businesses basically giving them giving them ways to attract new business attract new customers and basically help develop our city just a little bit more Mm -hmm. in that downtown area so you know we put on fundraisers events and concerts and stuff like that to draw people you know not just from up the hill down to our downtown area but people from other cities to come by and see it and hopefully you know we can funnel some of that money back through to get some of these buildings that are shut down 
you know, back up to par and get some new businesses open down there. Mm-hmm. And um, just recently, you know, we just got that new band shell down there right across from Anarka, and we threw, like, our first summer concert series down there, which went pretty well in our first year. Um, people, more and more people caught on. They loved it. Um, we had some great bands, and then kind of just at the end of the year, we just reflected, like, hey, this, we had a good run, so do we do this again? And if so, how do we make it better, Get mm-hmm. do a better thing? And so... I came on board just really for that aspect because I was like, you know, I'm I'm not really in the downtown area, but when it comes to music, that's my area. Hell so yeah. if you guys are looking for something different, here's what I suggest or here's what I suggest we bring to the table. So, like, I just kind of help with um, just kind of help with like what we should uh, what kind of music we should have or like what type of um what type of bands would be good to attract like a younger crowd? Cause we know mm-hmm. we kind of get our base of like that thirties and up crowd, you know, just family entertainment. A lot of the bands are like cover bands and mm-hmm. people just come out, they lay out in the sun and you know, we got food and beer tents and stuff like that. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it's really something for like older people, but we do want our younger generation there is too there as well too. And to kind of integrate with some of the older people, and so that's kind of what we've been working on. And we had uh, we had one big finale we were working on, and we had uh, we had UT coming down. We had some different artists. I was able to kind of put artists like SOM and myself and Taj and all of us all on one big bill, and um, it ended up falling through because we had like a we had a specific charity and a specific thing we were trying to do and things just didn't work out mm-hmm. how was it supposed to um but we are gonna try something like that again and we might have like a we'll just we'll just kind of have like a like kind of a diversity type night where we bring something different a little bit younger this time we're mixing it up like we have like a reggae band coming mm-hmm. in um it's not just gonna be like the same usual cover bands you would see here and there we're reaching out to find something a little bit different so been a part of that for a while now and that's something else that i'm just trying to also help other artists get their foot in the door Mm -hmm. and get exposure to people on like a city level or on like a bigger level it's um it's definitely for certain artists so yeah there's not every artist can get out there and please people's moms and grandmas with their music yeah you know, so <laughs> it'd be do that band show would be the perfect spot to have some small local fests like host. The yeah, it actually you know. would, and they're fucking love playing outdoor shows too. It's so yeah, fun. there was um there was another show you know other than our um there was a few other ones other than our summer concert series, and we had a uh, two white crew in the boy band oh, review. Yeah. yeah, and there was like there were hundreds of people out there, and it yeah. was a great like the first night got rained out. Or actually, was it the second night? I can't remember because they were kind of both back to back. It was like a weekend of the uh, classic, so you could buy tickets and just after the classic, go downtown and you had this live band there at the band shell, and it was just kind of one of those like twenty one up things because mm-hmm. it's definitely different music, uh, way younger crowd. The the alcohol we uh, had these things called big green tanks or big green tractors i can't remember but they were big green and dangerous with lots of alcohol so uh 
we had that, and then we also had like Freedom Fest, and we had like Randy Couture down here, the MMA fighter, and he just kind of came through on his motorcycle and did like a huge motorcycle ride with all these bikers from the <laughs> Quad Cities. Nice. And then we had some bands for that as well. So we were definitely always thinking of different ways to utilize that. And like I said, just attract more people to our East Moline area. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's yeah. just a good way for me as an artist to kind of give back to my own city as well. Definitely. Like, I'm not the big major industry artist where I can donate millions back into my community, but I can give you guys some good entertainment. Hell yeah. Yeah. So. Most definitely. Now, when you think about the future, what, what do you think? Like, uh, where do you want to go yourself? I mean, you want to keep producing and working with music so for as long as you think? Yeah, in, in all honesty, so, like, I believe I have, I believe I'm, I'm limited on time as far as actually being, like, on stage in the limelight up front as an artist. Um, I would like to be on a global major industry level. I'd like, I'd like the Grammys, the Oscars, whatever else, you know, but that's because I want, I want more than just a few people to hear my music. I don't necessarily want it for the fame. I want it because I want the world, everyone to hear my music and what it is that I have to say in there. And, um, that is the ultimate goal for me. And I should, I at least want to see some type of progression that I'm getting there. And if I don't see that, then, you know, I can't chase that dream forever. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is I will always come back to music. I might be 60 years old and I might write a song right. and record it one day just because I love it and I feel like doing it. But if it ever comes time for me that where I have to focus and settle down with my family and you know, if I have to get that factory job, if I got to do what I got to do to make ends meet, I at least will be full-time production. I'll at least be behind somebody else that I believe can go the places that I didn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully my kids want to do the same thing and then I'll put them on and that'll just be that. But if I don't work out full-time as an artist, then I would definitely look to more on the production engineering side Mm -hmm. i might open up a studio of my own and just kind of have it there to help and help develop artists because actually i do have a lot of fun helping these artists and watching them grow and seeing what they can do and the different music that they make um like micah sanamore he's actually a folk artist so like working with him is so much different than what i do and then it's kind of fun because some days we'll be like, let's see how we can mix this together. And so we have a couple songs together that where it's like this mix of like folk, jazz, and hip hop. And, you know, that that's just as fun as like pushing myself. So at the end of the day, long run, I will be perfectly happy as long as I can still do music yeah. in some way, shape, or form. I don't think I would want to be like a full-time promoter or anything like that. I believe it after a while it get get a little too stressful oh, yeah. here and there <laughs> cuz it is stressful as it is, especially like if I lack on promo or something like that. I'm just always it just eats away at me like, man, mm-hmm. this could have been so much better and I just always feels like I could have did something more. Right. So, yeah, I don't want to feel like that all the time. Right. I just want to 
have a good show, have a good time. I'll attend a lot of concerts, though. I will definitely still attend a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Feel you. Um, now, do you or have you ever or do you want to, like, pursue things outside of music? Like, currently, do you only do music? Do you do any other sort of thing? Um, or just stick to music at this point? Honestly. So with with music is so big for me because I've literally given everything to it. Um, in high school, I I did run track, but it was never like a love of mine. Yeah. It was just like I wasn't the most athletically well. I was, but like I was too small for football, too short for basketball. I ran track, but. Soccer is a whole different type of too much running. Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. it's all running. Yeah, back and forth. Just I, full clips. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. Um, I did play baseball some years, but I took a fastball to the face and I was done. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was some track was something that I was very good at. I was nationally ranked. I was. We had a we had a state we had a time that was number one in the state for a while. Um. We went to state every year since I was a freshman. Um, came on varsity, everything like that. Had a great run. Still have technically five records at UT. Nice. So like, we set, we broke a thirty-year record. Like my sophomore or junior year, I believe we broke a thirty-year record that was up there, and then we broke a sophomore record, and then my junior year, or senior, yeah, junior year. We junior or senior year, I can't remember. It's so long ago now, which is weird. Um, we rebroke those two records. Oh really? So I count them as five. Nice, yeah, I yeah. I just want to add them on. Of course. Technically, I have three records up there, but I'm gonna say five for the sake that we rebroke Jeez. two. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it with that, it was never really a love of mine. Mm -hmm. It was just something that I was good at. Or a fun hobby, maybe. It it, it wasn't even. After a while, like at that intensity, it wasn't fun for me. Yeah, it was just, just like always, like, almost like a chore or homework. Or yeah, something. it was it was just too much of a push. It was like, oh, you need this to get in college, or oh, yeah. you need this to, to, basically, it was like people thought that I needed that to be anything in life. Yeah, and that was where my whole life was going, and I didn't like the idea of that, of someone telling me this is your life, uh, this is yeah. what you're meant to do go do it that was one of those things that, that where society was trying to put that in my head and i was like yeah, no yeah. i don't want to do that and you know there was times i would skip practice and i would go do a show or i would just rather be in the studio so i'd be like i'm just gonna go home i'm just not yeah, gonna yeah. go or whatever else and it eventually led it it did lead to like a lot of um i probably didn't practice or stretch or do as much as i should have i was very injury prone yeah so there are times that where when my team needed me most, you know, I tore something mm. and I just wasn't at my 100% best. And I don't want to say that was because I was skipping practice or going to shows, but I will say there's more I could have done to be a better teammate probably now that I look back on it. And um, really the reason I just never did it is because I was just never into it. Yeah. But all I remember is there was one thing that I was into, and that's all I wanted to do. So I was like, man, I was a bad teammate, and 
You know, there might have been times I probably let my team down or I let myself down to where I could have did more with it, but it just wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. And even if if you choose to pursue something like that even more heavily, then it's just other things come up like you know dealing with injuries. Yeah. You know, hopefully not all the time, but you know, if you were like an athlete for several years and stuff, you know, you'd be dealing with that kind of shit. Yeah, I, I had the good injuries. And by good injuries, I mean the ones that I got them early and it took me out the whole year injuries. Damn. So, yeah, I had a had a, had a few of those, but it's just still, I, I believe even if I was 100% healthy all the way through, it was. it's one of those things that when you progress with it, you know, on a college level, it would have been so much more intense and so much oh, more yeah. demanding. And all I could think about is, if this continues, I'm not going to have time for this. Which was music, so it was like something had to give. And that's just kind of ended up what happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I kind of gave a lot to it. There was really never any other interest um, with me being so indecisive. I never knew what I wanted to do. People always knew what they wanted to be when they grew up. I didn't. Yeah. But I will say never in a million years did I think that I'd be the one to say it was a rapper. Yeah. That never once crossed my mind. Never once. But now that it has and now that I'm seeing a lot of it happen, I I wouldn't have chosen any other way. Right. I kind of, I almost kind of wish that I knew sooner. Yeah, it was crazy the paths we end up taking. Yeah. Shit. Like, who knows? And who knows where it could end up, too? I know earlier you were talking about uh, wanting to get into other, out into other business ventures and stuff. Mm-hmm. As you go, get older and everything, uh, what's something you think you would be into getting into outside of music that you would like to maybe pursue? Mm. Uh, that's a tough one. Honestly, if it's not music, then it'll probably be something that I'll have to feel around for. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll just be something that where, you know, like I said, if if it comes down to where needs need to be met and music isn't cutting the checks that I need for survival and I have to do something, you know, I'm, I might stumble upon a career that I do like right. that, you know, just like music, I would have never thought I would have been doing, but as of right now there's nothing that i can say that i really want to do outside of this like my my head is full throttle into this and that's not even because i'm trying to make it my mindset it's just literally i can't think of anything it's all else clouding your thoughts just yeah, music, I, music music yeah i can't think of anything else i want to do I, I i do think about it like okay if this doesn't work out what am i gonna do or even if like you know with yeah. being successful or in yeah, music if, if it opened so up like, other doors for you like as far as like investments like even if you had like a I w- I other probably, partners or something it's like oh let's open up a fucking restaurant or some bullshit yeah, you know? it, it would probably still be music related because yeah. if i if i had success off music then i would stay in that and say like say i did everything that i accomplished i got grammy sitting on the wall i'm yeah yeah i'm like 50 and you know i've, I've had a good career i got platinum plaques and whatever else and it's time for me to do something else besides rap because i'm not going to be a 50 year old guy rapping it's just not going to yeah. be me um, I would probably settle to be like an A and R, or just, or just still a producer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's there, you can produce for years. You know, Quincy Jones is yeah 
so old Smokey Robinson you know all of them they're still they still have their hands in music they're still songwriting producing and I would do that on that level you know I might get into bigger I might just at that point just start playing around with things I've never done yeah yeah and that's just like I'm gonna orchestrate full orchestras now i love that kind and of I'm, shit. yeah I'm, I'm just gonna bring it all into music i'm just gonna write movie scores or right, something right. like that but it will be music based mm-hmm. that's pretty much what i'm thinking yeah it's a hard question to ask someone like uh, what would you do out besides your passion it's like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah i mean well people have a plan b and yeah they do like i'm fucking yeah. just like I'm pretty fucking indecisive myself and I'm just like all over the place it's like I have to be doing like different types of projects or else I'll be driven crazy and shit yeah. but, but I don't know it's ridiculous so so what all is in the future the immediate future you got the two albums coming out probably um, this year yeah immediate future right now um, so I have I have my solo and then I have a joint project um, and then I have the compilation project um I haven't dropped any I've been featured in music videos um but I've never dropped my own so that's also a goal this year I want to drop two um right now there is one that I probably will drop for 20 and um we uh we have a little we have a little secret thing planned out for that too it's a little partnership that we worked out for that video and um then there's one more that I want to release. There's there's actually two more that I want to do, but budget's gonna be a big thing. Yeah. Um. And then just timing. You know, hopefully we get the the necessary song done in the allotted time to get the music video placed strategically with the album release and EP release. Everything's just gonna take money and time. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I have no doubt about the actual music and getting it done and recorded, but eh, it's just so expensive and consuming and takes so much planning. The so behind, much resources. Yeah, put in. the behind the scenes work is honestly the hardest part of it. The recording and whatever. I mean, it's easy. Don't get me wrong; it's not always easy because technology can be horrible. Stuff crashes. Yeah or your voice cracks or you're sick or you're stuffed or it was so hot in your head and when it's on the song it's like this is horrible yeah why yeah. why why did i think this was cool <laughs> that happens but yeah. it's really the budgeting and the planning and actually like the execution that's the hardest part of it mm-hmm. so as long as that all happens immediate future three projects two to three visuals and um i am actually hoping to do like a pretty big blowout show i don't know if it's going to be festival based or not but i do want to get like i just want to do something epic i don't know like Like as an album release or something or just in general i want to say album release but this is one of those things where I shoot I'm shooting real high because I just have all these thoughts so I have to narrow it down later on but you know I want to do something pretty big um and use the connections that I've made over the years because you know now if I really wanted to I mean if I could use that band shell any small lean yeah I could do something there and 
kind of the same idea I was going to put on for that last show of the summer concert series. You know, we had artists performing off flatbed semis with live bands. Hell yeah. Um, I had a couple of DJs coming with like laser light shows. You know, I want to do it all. You know, maybe I might find somebody that can shoot my name in fireworks. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. I'm thinking big, so. I hey, I'm sure be, they could at least pull off. They could shoot up an X and an O. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just want to pull the city out. And that's what I mean by a big blowout show. Like, I just want everybody there, everybody to have a good time, and to say, to look back, whether I make it or whether I don't make it, and say, you know what? I remember one time in, like, 2018, 2019, I'm probably too old to remember which year it is by now, (laughs) but I had one hell of a show in the Quad Cities, in the hometown. Fuck yeah. And I want everybody to know about it. Like, I want my kids' teachers to tell them, like, oh, your dad's blah, blah. <laughs> I remember this one time. Yeah. He did this huge party, and he's, I just want one of those. Hell yeah. It might not happen this year, but. It's going to happen. Yeah. With, with, We're going to make it happen. Right connections, right things in place. I can at least organize. Like I say, I'm not, I don't consider myself an official promoter, but I would like to put on a show that where. I am the full organizer and promoter and just do it to the fullest. I might even want to bring like a major name down. I don't know. Even if you tried to do it as like, even if it worked out, you could even set it up as like a yearly little fest or something. Yeah. Too. And, honestly, and keep growing it until, yeah, yeah, big and bigger. I wouldn't mind someone else even over like, okay, you're, you're the, you're the president for this one. I'm just going to oversee and make sure the I's are dotted, T's are crossed. And other right, than right. that, just keep it running for me. Fuck yeah. Just, I was just leave a legacy behind. That's right. really what. That's ultimately what I want to do. Is I, I, at the end of the day, I know I'm leaving something behind. Even if I were to bow out of this right now, mm-hmm. I can say I've done way more than anyone else that I know. Personally, there's not many friends that can say they've opened for Little Wayne. There's right. not many people that can say they've performed for seven to ten thousand people. There's not many people that you're going to say you know i was in the club where the cleveland cavaliers were partying and jr smith jumped in a swimming pool i was in cleveland one day and it happened so yeah not many people will have those experiences so at the end of the day i can leave that behind and i just can leave behind my own legacy of the things that i've done it may not have been on the grandest scale that I wanted it, but that is something, and that's what matters. Hell yeah, most yeah. definitely. Now, for those listening, how can they get a hold of your shit? Um, for those of you that are listening, home. with the name change as well, one thing I took into consideration, I have a lot of people, especially like new artists I come across, and I want to check them out, and they always have... 27 different links that are completely different and I never remember them I get home I'm like I'm gonna look this guy up and I forget and it's always like you know if their name's like Ace (laughs) then their Instagram's like Ace12777 and then you can find me on Facebook at who is Ace but I'm Ace and then you can find me on Snapchat at Ace 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 and it's just like bro I'm not gonna remember all these links so if you are listening and you want to find me it is real simple it is Jordan XO music that is everything you will find me on Facebook if you backslash Jordan XO music um Twitter Jordan XO music all one word um 
Instagram, Tumblr, even my Snapchat is Jordan X on Music. My YouTube, it is up, but it's not fully polished because I'm waiting to put some visuals on there. I have mm-hmm. a couple show clips and everything. Um, the Wayne highlights on there. Um, nice. The Iowa City show from Kawada's on there. Um, in my favorites, I have music videos from my first artist, Keontae Watson. He's still doing his music, still doing his thing. That's like my little brother. So you'll see his music on there. Lauren Michelle, her music videos on there. Um, and then, yeah, if you subscribe to it, then you will find my music videos when they do drop. Um, and then I am on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, I did have, I did release the ties to Champagne Gold. I tried to take it down, but it's still up there. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys are just curious about what I did in 2016, this is a little more difficult, but you have to look up Legend Champagne Gold and, uh. It should pop up. It's just a picture of a it's all black champagne bottle like splashing out everywhere. It actually looks pretty cool. Um, I think you'll like it. Um Do you have website or no? Um website is under construction, but it will also be Jordan XO Music. Stay tuned dot com. website. So I will announce that just uh like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat if you wanna see the uh daily hood rat shit that I do. And, um, yeah, Jordan Exo Music, you should be able to find it fairly easily. Fuck yeah, 2019, get on all that social media shit like you do. Yes, Jordan Exo Music. Obviously, you are subscribed if you are listening or watching this, but do, do, do subscribe to the Mobcast, Minds of Littering Minds, and um, I will link that in all of my links. So if you're following my links, but you're not following this link, you have to follow both. Well, thank you, thank you, sir, and thank you for being here. Get on yes, it, Jordan XO Music. Yes, not a problem. Yes, yes. Always very good talk, very good talk. Wish you much success in the future, sir. Thank you, my good Keep son. your eyes peeled for them, the joint project, yeah, and the solo good. project, and the collab project. Yeah, oh, yeah. That is right. Jordan XO Music, very simple, very nice and clean for you. Don't You won't fucking forget. Nope. And if you're fucking got a slow brain, just write it down. Yeah. Hit it up. Hit it up. Hit it up. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, Thank you. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. And we are signing off.